Strap on those seatbelts, landlubbers, and get ready for your weekly dose of movies, mayhem, and the mundane. It's the Shufflebox Podcast. You're about to get your funny bone tickled, and you might even shed a tear or two. Here's your host, the June himself, Alex Big Dog Vallejos. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to the Shufflebox Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Big Dog Vallejos, and uh, this week we have a little bit of a fun one for you. Uh, we're getting into the, the dog days of summer here, um, and I really hope everyone that's going back to classes and getting your kids ready to go back to school, hope everything is going well to start off the school year right. Um, and uh, it just reminds me, you know, it's time, you know, fall season's just around the way, my favorite time of year, and... Um, Along with that, with my family, we uh, we go hunting and stuff. So, gonna do a little bit of a hunting preview type of thing. Um, also, the game, the games I play at home. A lot of people like action adventure sports games. I'm really into this. Like a couple of huge uh, hunting games. I don't know if a lot of people are, um, but I'm gonna briefly touch on this, and I'm gonna do a hunting podcast later on down the road, um, right before we take our annual trip. But I thought it would be a little a little bit uh, of a fun show. If we, you know, delve deep into, or at least scratch the surface a little bit on, uh, you know, what it means to me and uh, what it intrigues me a little bit. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but once again, you can follow us on uh, Spotify um, at Shufflebox Podcast, uh, on Apple Podcasts, same thing. Um, and all the socials are, you know, we'll get to those um, at the end of the show or at the, at the break time and stuff. Um, but I did have uh, a... A weird experience happened to me over the past week um, uh, with a, some a, a dating story, I guess, if you can even call it that. It went nowhere quick, um, but it was a really, a really weird uh, situation. So I was talking to this one girl, um, and we were we were on social media or whatever, and uh, you know, texting back and forth, you know, between work around breaks and stuff, and like, all right, cool, let's see if this goes somewhere. The conversations were, you know, just generic, basic, you know, simple conversations um you know trying to get the the feel for one another and seeing if it's gonna you know click or if we're gonna meet in person or whatever um and i ended up hanging out with adam and lauren uh we did the podcast uh last week go listen to that uh taylor swift episode um but ended up hanging out a little bit more for uh, lauren's birthday and i let this this uh this woman know like hey yeah uh i'll be hanging out tonight whatever you know i'll be hanging out with these folks cool um don't check my phone. I usually don't check my phone a whole bunch when I'm with a bunch of people when I go out. Totally different story if I'm by myself and I go out and I have my phone. It's a dangerous combo. Uh, that's a story for, it's more stories from another day. Uh, but you know, I go on to, you know, text a little bit here and they, oh, how's your night going? This or that. Sim- sim- simple conversation. Put my phone down, go shoot some pool, have some drinks, um, you know, play some uh, Nintendo Switch or, you know, Jackbox party games. Had a good time for Lauren's birthday. Um, real fun stuff, right? You know, I check my phone when I get home that night. So, you know, hang out with them for four or five hours, whatever the case may be. I check my phone and uh, I get like, oh, you're not texting me back because because uh, I'm ugly, because I'm creepy. And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. Mind you, conversations up to this point are just simple standard conversation and it's like oh what are you doing 
I just responded, okay, dot, dot, dot. You know what I'm saying? Like, trying to really just, like, where is this coming from out of left field? And then I'm like, you know what? Not even going to entertain the uh, the thought of this. And I had to block block that individual. But it's like, man, oh, man. I know everyone has different things. And, you know, if, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a ghoster myself if I don't like the way things are going. So who am I to say what's what and what's right when it comes to like dating or talking to folks? But man, that is not the way for me be like, I, you know, I'm out with family. I'm celebrating a birthday. I'm not gonna be texting you every second of my life. I just thought it was an experience I haven't had in a long while. I was like, oof, that was rough. Um, but that was uh, that was something I went through over the past week, and I thought it was quite quite odd. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm not gonna be looking for a minute because if I keep if I get stuff like this, this is not any good, not any good at all. Um, kind of give me the creeps a little bit, like get like hair on the back of my neck stood up. I'm like, what are we talking about? Like, I haven't. Oof, it was just it was just a different experience. And I know y'all probably have your experiences too. And like I said, who am I to say anything? I'm not perfect either, this or that. Uh but man, I like when I come when it comes to like like dating and stuff, I usually tend to stay private with what's going on besides people close to me, but man, if y'all have any like crazy stories, I'd love to have you guys on and we could talk about it. But oh man, still couldn't like, you know, it was just kinda like rattled me a little bit like oh boy i forgot there's people like that out there kind of uh kind of um oddballs um but oof like i just said rough stuff um like i said no 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 real movies going over this week uh the most recent ones i've seen uh that we like, i might do for the show is a sound of freedom if you guys haven't seen that it's a real like controversy i guess it's uh a viral it's gone viral on uh tiktok i'm not a tiktok person um, so it took Marcelo from outside of the show to let me know that it's gaining steam and a lot of people outside of, uh, or a lot of people I work with, or more like a couple individuals were letting me know like, Hey, have you heard about this? It's on TikTok. It's supposed to be a movie that's banned. And I'm like, what? So I had to do some research into it, but like, I think I might do a whole research episode in, um, synopsis episode on that. Um, but I'm, I'm still debating. I don't know if it'll do well. Um, but we'll see. Um, I've also saw the Meg two. Or just Meg 2. If you haven't seen The Meg, the first one, like I said, real, like, it's not a serious film. When you go see this, just go for the action. Go for the people getting munched by giant Megalodons. You'll enjoy it. The Meg 2, same thing. Three sharks. No spoilers. Happens right away. Um, So I would suggest, you know, just going and having fun seeing that. Everything else coming out. Um, We're getting into horror season, spooky season. So there are a lot of horror movies coming out. Um... That's, those are the only ones I'm really interested in. Uh, nothing else really caught my eye unless something like pops out out of nowhere. We'll do that. Um, and then we have uh, Adam's podcast for his birthday coming up near the end of September. So we'll get that recorded and put out. But uh, no word on that. Don't know if it's going to be a Kanye documentary if he really wants that or just being you know just being funny for Lauren. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a good experience. It's been fun. Um, thank you for, you know, everyone that's listening. It's been a real fun uh, seven, you know, going on eight months now of doing the show. And uh, we're moving forward. 
you know, you guys have really helped me with this. And, um, I think everyone else, um, also for the research episodes. Yes. Uh, the mustache episode. Yes. A little odd. I gotta, I gotta probably do more historical events or something that's a little bit more interesting. I just want to try something new though, but thank you for the feedback on that. If you haven't listened to it and you want to know what I'm talking about, it's the, uh, uh, Burnside sideburns, uh, episode. Um, when we do, I do the history of, uh, sideburns and cuckoo clocks. Yep. Yes. Um, but yes, I'll probably do, when it comes to those, I'll have to do more research heavy instead of like cute off the cuff uh, episodes. But I want to do something different. Everyone covers like war stories or they cover fascinating people, but maybe I can look into, um, experiences with, uh, you know, more down to earth individuals rather than like textbook esque type of thing. I can look up like personal stories or if anyone else has, you know, events that they, you know, went through, I would love to have you guys on and listen and uh, talk about those things. Um, but yeah, fun stuff. But, uh, kind of briefly want to talk about, uh, the, the hunting stuff and then, uh, we can split it up and then do some more in a little bit. Um, but, uh, it all starts with my, my father, you guys know him as uncle Tony. Um, he's been taking me and my brother since, well, I've, I've been hunting since I think 12 off and on from 12 to like 14 or 12 to 15. And then trying, I tried to go annually since I was 15 years old. So I've been going for about 15 years uh, for big game hunting. Um, there were a couple years I took off uh, when I was still going to school and college and stuff where if I had an unsuccessful draw, like if I was unsuccessful getting um, a hunting license, not a hunting license, but a hunting tag like for deer or elk from the state, then I would take the year off and at the time you would get your money back. So I'd save my money and, um, you know, and then just focus on school or work or whatever the case may be. So I wasn't losing vacation time or, and I can use it for sick time or something later on down the road. Um, but the experience, my first, my very first experience hunting, uh, and I, we can probably, we'll probably go over this again when it comes to, um, the actual hunting episode, but this little, this little pre preseason hunting thing. Um, my very first experience, big game hunting, it was in uh, Canyon City. It's usually where we go. It's around the areas. I won't detail what units or whatever, but um, it was a real cold experience. And you know, you know, not having experience like the elements like it is. You know, pops is like, hey, no complaining. You're here to do this. Um, you suck it up. You get through it and whatever. You, you know, you know, just you do it. This is what you do as a man. This and that. And once again, it's not. It's not like. No verbal abuse, no emotional abuse, nothing like that. It's this is what it's like. If you want to do this, you can't complain, you can't whine. There's no house. You know, you're out in the wind, you're out in the rain, the snow, whatever it is. Or if it's sunshine, cool. Or if it's hot, you're going to be out in the heat. This and that. This is how it is. You deal with it. You know. So the first time we go hunting, we or I experience it's extreme cold, sleet, and heavy rain conditions. And, um, and I mean, we're getting pelted either the first or second day. I think it was like a four day thing we did. My, I, I don't remember the exact amount of days. It was either three or four days. I don't remember if we went for the weekend or if we went for, you know, half of the season. I see, and I'll get into seasons and stuff later on. But, um, so we went for, like I said, three or four days and, uh, the first or second day just getting pelted. Like you wake up and it's sleeting and, it's coming down hard and heavy and you're getting hit with sleet and it's not fun. Like fogs out, 
can't see, you're cold. And, and, you know, we wear three or four layers. I think it might be around my birthday, so middle to late October. And, um, you know, we just, you know, we're up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and you're out. You drive. Uh, I think I was on the back of a quad, uh, an an ATV, and, you know, just driving. So not only that, we're getting, I'm getting, you know, pelted with, you know, the ice from the, the sleet, and uh, we're driving, you know, 25 miles an hour exposed on an ATV. So it's cold. The wind's blowing in your face. You know, having I don't I don't even remember had goggles. Maybe we did. Sometimes we did back then. I don't know. It, it's been a long time. It's been 15 years. So I don't remember exactly. I do, but I don't. Um, and then you know we're not seeing anything, or we're seeing animals, but we can't shoot because we don't have the you know license for them. Um, and then we, we you know we're kind of just driving around. We meet up for lunch. And it starts raining, pelting rain, like it is not stopping. Um, and, and and as it goes, you know, we we uh, me and our hunting party, we you know, consists of my uncle, cousins, um, my uncle's uh, family too, uh, and and my little brother wasn't old enough at the time. Yeah, he wasn't old enough at the time to go, so he he wasn't there. Uh, so we all meet up. And we meet up at this um, old, not like it might be a stagecoach. Um, uh, not a drop off, a, sta- a stagecoach relay station or a, a Pony Express relay station. Um, we are out, like out, out in the woods. Now it's there's trails and stuff, but I mean you're miles in on dirt roads. So I mean these places, it's not like a national park. Like obviously you can hunt on on this uh, Bureau of Land Management land or BLM land, or it's um, public land. So, um, and I don't think it's any state forest, and you can't hunt on state forest. You just can't ha- hunt or State forest, national forest, I believe you can hunt in. You just can't hunt in uh, national parks. Um, but I'm pretty sure this is just uh, Bureau of Land Management, BLM land. Uh, but we hold up in this little stagecoach area, put like a gas a gas oven on, and we heat up like soup or whatever we, when we meet for lunch and, you know, go through the day. We're all sitting in, and I think we ended up actually calling the day early because it was just unbearable. And then that's, I think I got the uh, stamp of approval, like, my uncle saying, "Hey, you did pretty good out there." And my dad's like, "Yep." It's like I told him not to complain. He's like, "Yeah, don't worry about it." He's like, "Alex, you can complain." Today was bad, and we were lucky. Actually, that first trip, we were lucky enough to stay with my uncle's parents. Um, so we just had to. We had a, a camper out on their property. So when we went to dinner at their house, we were able to bring in our clothes, and we stayed like couple hours inside and we're able to dry our clothes for the next day and kind of similar weather may it may have not been as bad um but it was still cold still got a little bit of rain but nothing we couldn't handle and i think that was that's the worst trip i've ever had um when it's come to weather for hunting um nearly dodged one nearly dodged a, a blizzard in uh, 2022 um we me it was just me my dad and my uncle it was just the three of us and we we ended up leaving early um, to beat the blizzard out. We did three days of hunt, and uh, we ended up leaving early. But, I mean, the thing about it is, it's not about getting an animal and putting it on the wall and taking pictures. Like, the stereotype is, you know, we're not, I'm not going out there and shooting Bambi's mom, per se. And, you know, haha, I'm a man over nature. That's not how I view hunting is all I know, I know at all. I know some people have opinions on it and everything like that, but the way, 
you know, I've been taught the way I've, you know, you know, trained in the courses we take, you just can't go out and hunt. You need a license to hunt. You need to pay it, you know, go out and pass courses in the state of Colorado. And you need to know the ethics of hunting. You need to know survival. You need to know, you know, what to do. Cause it's more important than just getting an animal. People think it's just, it's, it's as simple as that. You shoot it and you go home. That's not what it's about. Does it help your family out a lot? Sure. Uh, you know, you go out to the grocery, for example, you go out to the grocery store, you know, you buy a roll of hamburger meat and it costs you what, I don't know, you know, 95 cents a pound, you know, you're paying like three bucks for, you know, three pounds of burger. That's wild. Right. I mean, but we're used to it. If you're in the city, you're, you're used to it. Um, but people that aren't, you know, accustomed to game meat, um, you know, for a deer, a deer weighs, it just depends on the animal. Um, we'll say a, a, a male, a buck, a mule deer, you know, is anywhere from like 150 to like 300 pounds and about what? Anywhere from 100 pounds to 200 pounds is edible meat, you know, and sure, we don't make, we don't use the bones or, you know, specifically any of the the inner organs like intestines or anything like that we don't use that so i mean we leave that out for scavenging animals like you know foxes or you know vultures crows you know animals that scavenge i mean there's a way to discard when you're field dressing an animal Um, but majority of the meat we take and you know we split up amongst a family um if it, the smaller our party is like if if we just if we had if we ended up getting an animal last year which we were unsuccessful so we didn't uh, but if we were we would split that between me my dad and my uncle and so you split 100 pounds it's 50 pounds of meat that you have ready to go and you're not eating it every day you know you you still go to the grocery store we still do and we buy you know burger and chicken and all that stuff but you know, when you can throw in that extra little bit and a hunting tag only costs you 50 bucks, and once again, it's up to you, for you to go get it, then, you know, you really help your family out. That's how, I, that's how I've always viewed it. That's how I always, they, they really, that really is how I've always viewed it. And then people are like, oh, I'm not sure how to cook game meat or this or that. Um, and if, you, if you're interested, you can buy this meat too. You can buy it at, you know, specialty stores. Uh, I'm not certain, I'm, like, I'm not certain who sells it. I know if you're in a more rural community or a, a hunter-friendly community, there's that they definitely they definitely sell it at like certain butcher shops, or they do sell it at the stores too. Uh, you would just have to look for it. Um, if anyone's had like a buffalo burger, bison burger, that's still game meat, um, and it's I, I, I it tends to already come seasoned. When I've seen some buffalo meat, like buffalo burgers sold in stores, it's already like it already comes with the seasoning and stuff in it. But if you're looking to try out wild game, you know recipes yourself, I highly recommend. Um, any recipe book by Steve Ranella, um, who is a meat eater. He does, he has a meat, he hits the meat eater show he had, I believe on the outdoor network. And now it's a, a Netflix ex- exclusive show, but it is a real fun show. And he kind of shares some, uh, shares some similar views, uh, what I do when it comes to hunting. Um, but it's a lot, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, um, like I said, it's not about putting, Oh, I got this big thing on my wall. Look what I did. Look at strong man did to beast. It's not how it works. Um, at least not in my mind. Now, do does my family have a couple of you know, you know trophies? Of course. I mean that's it is what it is. Um, it it is that's you know part of the whole. That's part of the sport. But at the same time, 
that's not why we go out. That's not why. Um, and uh, people are like, well, can't you just leave these animals alone? They've never done anything to you. They're peaceful. They don't do this or that. And then that's when I say for certain areas, you know, do your research on uh, animal overpopulation on what it does to the environment. Um, once again, speaking just on Colorado terms, um, you know, there is an overpopulation, you know, for uh, both whitetail and mule deer. Uh, in addition to elk, there's there's a huge population of elk, um, and that's mainly what my family goes for. Uh, of course, when you go out eastern Colorado or either south, like southern Colorado, um, southeast, yeah, I mean you have the pronghorn antelope. Those are, to my knowledge, I'm not a big pronghorn fan. I'd have to talk to my cousins, but we can have those folks on later on down the road. I don't want to speak in uh, sound like an idiot, so I don't know what the populations are for the pronghorn antelope. Um, and then I know uh, there's specialty hunting tags for mountain goats and bighorn sheep. I know bighorn sheep, I think, in Colorado is a once-in-a-lifetime. So once you get a tag, whether you're successful or not, that's it. Can't hunt anymore. Same for moose in Colorado. Once-in-a-lifetime. You pay a bunch when you have to do it. But you have to – and that's when they recommend guides because once you – Get that specialty tag. You want to guide, and of course, you want to be successful, and you know, get your animal. Um, but when it comes to deer and elk, um, whether you're, you know, I've been unsuccessful in my draw for seven years up until this year, and I finally got both an elk tag and a deer tag, so I'm kind of excited about it. Um, and uh, yeah, so when you're unsuccessful, you know, I just I I can't you know bring my gun with me. I I you know. I'm not supposed to hunt, so I just go, I'll carry a backpack, or I'll stand, you know, stand point, which is, you know, standing at an end, like if we're trying to run a forest, so what you would do is, for example, if you're looking on a map, there's a, you know, there's a forest patch um, on your map, right, like we'll just say it's in the center of the map, anyone, and then we're going to drop off some people that are going to push the forest, so you'll put them on the north side of the forest, Right, you'll put X amount of people on the north side of the forest. On the south side of the forest, you'll put people that stand point that are just gonna be there waiting for the animals to get kind of flushed out through that, you know, south side of there. And, you know, it's just a it's just a hunting strategy, depending on how big our hunting party is. Um either I, I'm usually a pusher when I don't have my gun, because obviously I can't shoot. Um and you, you kind of got to go really, really slow. And it's all about communication um, and everything like that. You know, still learning some strategies and stuff too uh, myself. But, you know, it's that's, you know, some simple stuff. But I've been doing that for a long time since I've been unsuccessful. Uh, but now that I'm finally successful, I'm looking to finally knock down um, an animal myself. You know, I'm really excited, really, really stoked. Um, but that's a little brief insight kind of on my thoughts on everything, uh, when it comes, when it comes to, you know, just my little insight on hunting. Um, when I come back, uh, from this first little break here, uh, it's kind of how I get prepped for hunting. Like how, you know, some people, you know, when they, you know, get pumped for like football, you know, coming back or any sport, you know, they listen to a certain type of music or, you know, like I said, for football, some people like get pumped up on college football on Saturdays so they can watch the pro teams play on, you know, Sundays or Monday night or whatever the case is. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm going to kind of show you guys, tell you guys a little bit about how I get pumped for it and, you know, leading up to hunting season. But uh, we'll talk, we'll take a look at that um, right when I get back.
Alrighty, thank you for that brief little break. It was nothing to you, but it was a little bit for me. Um, but yeah, I kind of want to talk to you folks about how I kind of get prepped for hunting season um, and when I'm like really in the in the mood and in the zone um, to you know just get my mindset. Because um, it's not just going out and shooting. Kind of like I said before, it's not just doing that. I mean, you got to prepare for um, you know nature itself. You know, you're you're putting you where we go. There's time stands still, right? It's always been a feeling I've had. It's always when you go out there and you hunt and it's, it's land that hasn't, you know, society hasn't taken yet and it is protected by the government. So it's like, nothing will be built on it. We're not going to get more apartments. You're not going to get, you know, even paved roads. It's out there once a year, these animals, it's their land. It's theirs, not ours. It's their land. And every, everything is on an equal footing out there. You know, although people are apex predators, there are predators out there too. It's not just, oh, we're harming innocent little animals or we're going to shoot innocent animals. That's not the case. You know, you know, last year, for example, we went to, uh, we actually didn't go to Canyon City. We went to the place that my uncle's been hunting for, for 30, 40 years, right? And I mean, you see these, you know, big cat prints, you know, mountain lion prints, you're seeing bears are hibernating. So they're, you know, they're starting to go into hibernation on certain hunting seasons. And, you know, you're, you're seeing giant, you know, bigger than me, but you know, black bear tracks. And then there's rumors that, you know, grizzlies are making their way back into Northern Colorado. Naturally. Um, the gray wolf was reintroduced into Colorado, uh, back in 2020 or 2021, it wasn't a lot of gray wolves, but I think it was a, a pack of five or six. And uh, that population should start to boom in the next 10 to 20 years. And and like I said, then the big cats, you know, they're in, they climb trees, you know. So everyone's on an equal foot. You know, you put yourself in that environment. You're just because you're out there. You need to be aware of your surroundings. You need to be aware of the, tr- the tracks around. You need to be aware of what's happening. Um, and putting yourself in that mindset of, you know, something can happen and, um, doesn't necessarily have to be an animal attack or any, you know, encounter with an animal. It can be the elements. Like I mentioned in my story, it can be, you know, you just want to be prepared both your mind. You want to be physically prepared in your mind. You want to be, you know, mentally prepared. And then, you know, just that's, that's what it is. Um, but to have a little fun. Like I said, way back at the beginning of this episode, um, there's a couple of games that uh, I play on uh, Xbox. There's a game called Call of the Wild. It's called The Hunter Call of the Wild. It, and they've had the, the Hunter Classic on PC uh, for years and years now. Never played that one. Um, people may have played like Cabela's Big Game Hunter on like PlayStation 2, PlayStation um everyone i think if you've gone out to like a bar or whatever with your buddies or your friends or you know even some randos or even by yourself they have big buck hunter just in like arcades you know you're shooting like badgers for bonus points or i'm going to shoot those ducks to get an extra life or whatever they have those games you know even going back to the nes they have like duck hunter which is you know funny but it's really ingrained at least in American society, that, you know, hunting is, it's part of us. It's what made us who we are. Um, and I'm really happy that it's all in video games. But this Hunter Call of the Wild game, I started playing this uh, either, I think it was during the pandemic uh, in 2020. 
I knew about it. I didn't have the patience the first time I played it. I'm like, what is this? I just want an arc. I was used to arcadey Cabela's kind of style hunting games. I'm like, this is cheese. Like, why is why is this game so difficult? But then it's you realize they, they made this game specifically for hunters or people that want to get into hunting. It's not. It's definitely not an accurate simulation of hunting, but it's accurate enough of patience of hunting and what to look for. Um, so I started playing this in 2020 and I was like, all right, I can really, really get into this, you know, bought all their maps, bought the game itself, then bought their DLC maps that keep coming out. And this game has been out since 2017. It's, you know, and it's, so it's what, six years old now. And they have a wide variety of maps from animals and species all over the world. Uh, the behaviors are of the animals are phenomenal. Um, and it even adds in an element of, uh, like animal rarities or, uh, like, uh, animal mutations. Uh, for example, like, you know, albino, uh, animals are in the game, uh, melanistic animals, those all black animals, leucistic animals, which are the animals that, um, are, they have proper hair and the proper texture, but they don't have like pink noses or pink hooves or anything that is the same as out, al- you know, I- albinoism or albinism, whatever it's called. Um, so it's still like all white animals, but the eyes, the eyes aren't red and everything like that. Um, they have animals that exceed what a, a natural looking animal is for, um, like antlers. So there's like, you know, there's this, imagine a deer, right? You know, like, uh, like a male deer or buck deer, how they have the antlers, right? You know, the little spread, there's like four points on each side, kind of even. That's cool. Some animals have four points on one side, three points on the other side, like in, in real life, the game does it quite well. They also have animals called uh, great ones, which sure they're legendary animals in the game. They're super hard to get. You need to put in hours to find these animals. Um, I've not yet had one. And I, I've played this game, I think in real life time, like 28, like real life days. That's how many hours I've put into the game. It's insane. Like I, I love this game. Um, never found a great one yet, but the great one for like their white tailed deer, is a non-typical deer in real life. So it would be like a, a deer, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures on Google or on any social media where it has like a ton of antlers jetting out every single direction. It looks like it's a monster, like almost. Nothing coming out of its like face or anything, but like their antlers spread and everything on. It's just crazy going in a bunch of different directions. They even make those rare animals in the game, which is phenomenal. They've done it for moose. They've done it for um, like follow deer in like Australia and Europe. Um, they've done red deer for Australia and Europe too. Same kind of thing. They have these great ones that are just insane. Um, I don't, I can't think of the, oh, they have piebald animals, which are the animals that are like half one color, half another, like, or, or, they, or like they're speckled, you know, like if they're black or they're regular color with white spots type of thing. I'm trying to think if there's an animal that's famous enough to, it's not like a cow because uh, like a dairy cow just comes naturally like that. But it would be if you saw an animal with like spots or different colored, you know, streaks in its hair or fur that's unnatural compared to the animals around it. But even they have that, they even include that mutation in the game too. It's it's fantastic, and it's like I said, it's pretty accurate. The weather patterns in the game, you know, like not super whatever. It like rains whenever, or snows whatever on certain maps. Um, the animals are as accurate as it can be. Like animals that have really good eyesight in real life translates right over to the game so it gives you kind of an experience of you know 
like a real hunting experience. Um, it gives the player like, oh, the drink times for these Rocky Mountain elk are 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. So, you know, and they're going to be in higher elevation areas. Cool. So you go over to those higher, higher elevation areas. You can set up, you know, at the edge of a lake or back into the forest and come up on a lake and run into those elk at that time. Or black bears are black bears, raccoons, mountain lions, whatever. They're nocturnal. So in real life, like depending on your state, of course, Colorado, you cannot hunt uh, after between sundown and sunrise. So this is a game. It's a game. So, you know, you can do it here, but you know, these animals come out at night. So do you, can you see at night? Can you, um, but you can buy like nocturnal, like binoculars or bark or, uh, nocturnal, um, you know, scopes for your rifle or whatever. They also have a wide variety of firearms. You can use crossbow, you can use muzzle loader, rifle, um, handguns and archery, like, uh, bows, like, uh, compound bows, crossbows, um, which once again, crossbows are illegal in some States when it comes to hunting. So once again, not a bow, not really a bow hunter. So just look into that. Uh, I don't have much, you know, I can't really speak too much on that. Um, but it, it's, it, it's like, all right, this is fun. It puts me in the mood, um, to go hunting. Um, and then up until, uh, up until last year, I was like, I was super into this game, played it a bunch of times, and I still do, still do. They came out with a map earlier this year. They finally brought an Australian map. Super excited. Uh, I've played that a little bit. Been playing a lot of like story games recently. Had to take a break from like um, sports games and stuff like that just because I wanted some story. But I'll probably get right back into it. It's coming up. Like after talking about this, after I record this and everything, I'm gonna get right back onto uh, this game or the next game I'm gonna talk about. Um, but it just, it's real fun. Uh, got Adam to play it. We do some online stuff sometimes and it's a lot of fun. And, um, once again, people can think it's cruel or whatever. This one's just a game. So I'm like, it's, it's just a game, you know, and it's not real. So there you go, pal. Um, but there was a game that came out last year. Uh, it's called, uh, another one that I was like, all right, this isn't, this is, this looks cheese. It's. It's not going to be as good as Call of the Wild, but we'll see. Like, all right, we'll see. And it was going to be exclusively for current gen consoles, and I had an Xbox One at the time, so I couldn't. I couldn't get it if I wanted it uh, at the time. Um, but it came out, and I started watching um, certain uh, YouTubers. If you guys are interested in what, like these couple of gameplays or the gameplays for these games. And uh, I, I'd recommend a, a channel called Flinter. He does a phenomenal job. He plays his game every day of his life, or he plays his games every day of his life, in addition to being a real-life hunter on the East Coast. I think he's Pennsylvania uh, is where he's from. Uh, but he goes, He you know, when I was learning how to play these games and the patience of it, he, you know, he, delves, he, he goes into it, gives you the basic loadouts, you can. I, I recommend doing it on your own, but some of the advice and the hints I, I took from, and I enjoy watching the videos because my oh, I'm on this map. I wonder what he did, and he has, you know, years of it, and it's cool. I, I just think it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the the one that came out in 2022 was this game called Way the Way of the Hunter, and this game I would say is even more accurate to hunting. 
Um, and they've done more. Now, I, I've only started playing this recently again. I stopped playing it, I think, back in like March, only because I needed a break. Um, I was playing it since it came out, and I was like, all right, I just need a break. But I'm picking it up again now. They just they had two maps release. They released one really recently, within the week of uh, this podcast coming out. And uh, the other one, I think it's been out since the beginning of summer, or maybe Memorial Day, around there. Uh, so now there's a total of four maps. But this game is, <coughs> pardon me, is so phenomenal. Uh, not only are the elements of this Call of the Wild game in this game, right? Uh, and they're two different two different uh, companies. So it's not like it's the same company, but they're taking what one game has in like kind of building on it. Um, so not only, you know, are, you know, animals, you know, there and everything like that, but they have these animals that have age progression, so you can see the difference between like a younger like male deer and then like an adult male deer, but then a mature male deer. So you can see like, oh, there's a light brown, like the, the young ones are like light brown. The older ones are, you know, the, the adult ones are like, you know, they're not as, they're not as brown. They're kind of graying and uh, they're getting older. And then the mature ones, like little brown left and they're gray. You can see on their antlers that their antlers are worn because they're older deer. Um, and this one kind of brings in the wildlife management and population management to these games. When you, for example, if you have your binoculars out and you go over these animals, it'll tell you the star system. Like this is a five star deer, meaning this, this deer has phenomenal genes. Like it actually goes into a gene breakdown, like, um, this animal, like the animal has like really good genes. It's healthy. Um, it's fit everything like this, this herd is, it has good genes. Um, then the, um, there's other ones that look really small that are old and weak. And, um, you want to call the herd at that point, not the whole herd, but you want to call the males. Um, the females, you can hunt the females, but the game recommends you don't. Um, that's different from, of Call of the Wild, you can hunt all the female animals you want to, and it won't have any effect on the population in the game. But this one, if you, in in the way of the hunter, if you hunt a lot of the female animals, it'll actually take the herd out of that certain area for a certain amount of in-game days or a certain amount of actual days uh, that you play the game. And they'll eventually come back because it's a game and they're going to repopulate and respawn. But it's really trying to get you like how to look at herd management. So, for example, if you have usually a lot of the um, young animals start off at one star, right? If you have a young animal start off at two stars, you're going to have a phenomenal mature buck. Uh, or sorry, not buck. Sorry, I'm just used to hunting the deer and stuff. But it, it works for any. It works for any animal. So you have a mature, like it's going to grow into a five-star mature guaranteed. If you have a three-star adult, you're, you're looking pretty good. But if you have like, or like even a two-star adult has the potential to get a very low five-star when it becomes mature. Uh, and then, you know, if you have a mature animal that's like three stars or under, chances are their, their genes aren't that great. And, you know, that's the way I play. It's like, all right, the, I, I go for the mature animals. Unless, like, I do one of the missions and it's like, hey, just get this. But I go for one of the mature animals when I play just for fun. And, you know, and then you you can go back, like, after a couple in-game days. 
I think it's five in-game days is one year to the animal's life in-game. And these animals can disappear too. So if you don't, you know, if you have that five-star, oh, I want that trophy elk, I want that trophy bear, right? And you wait and wait and wait. These animals, they die, essentially. And then the process starts over again. And it's crazy. It lives out a life cycle. Um, and then I forgot to mention when you, when you hunt the animals in Call of the Wild, it'll give you like an x-ray screen when you, when you shoot an animal. So like when you, when you claim it, it'll show, oh, it entered the right, the right lung. It's stuck in there in cool. So, oh, cool. Gives you a little x-ray. This is how it entered and exited. Perfect. Well, the way of the hunter kind of tops that a little bit, it gives you like, like when you claim the animal, it shows how the bullet impacted the animal. It'll show the organs inside the animal. It even has, like, the aorta artery. Like, it has, like, or, or what, I don't know. I'm not a medical person. But it has, like, those those huge, like, arteries that go throughout the body. So even if you hit a really dummy shot and, like, you, like you go for no vital organs, like the lungs, heart, liver. Um, but you end up hitting, like, their back leg. They have those huge, like, those, everyone, like, the, every you know, mammal has those huge like arteries that go through the leg. If you hit that, it can cause the animal to die like uh, because of the blood loss in the artery, which counts as a vital kill. You know, and it's, it, it's wild. This game, that game was so wild. And I was lucky enough for Adam. He got me uh, an Xbox series X for my birthday last year. And, you know, Grace, you, you know, greatly appreciate it. And I really love him for that. And he's like, I know you want to play this game. So I got you this whole Xbox just for the one game. And I'm like, dude, you are the best little brother ever. And uh, I know because he, he works a lot. So I don't think he's played too much of that game. I know he likes Call of the Wild a little bit more. But yeah, this Way of the Hunter game, it takes way more patience. Um, I'm starting to play both of these new maps. Uh, it's an Alaska-esque map. And then um, like a, like an Africa, like like a safari map. Because safaris, you can't hunt on safaris. But it's like a, it's like an African map. And it's not like, it's it's animals in Africa that are overpopulated like springbuck wildebeest warthog um lion and uh i haven't played too much those are the only ones i've really seen uh oh cape buffalo um so there's no like elephants or rhinos or some weird shit like that because i think the more like people like outraged on like the dentist that went out for, for lion hunting uh i don't know back in like the mid 20 teens like he was like the dentist guy in like michigan or something um, but once again, just a game, not what I'm really into, but it's an experience I'm, I, in my lifetime, I'll probably never experience an, an, an African, you know, hunt. Um, so these games are, they're just fun. And, uh, I, I, I don't know, it gets me really pumped and then it gets me ready, you know, to go out and, you know, do it myself. And it, it's really all like, for me, it's all about just going out and enjoying my, once again, my dad kind of, you know, spoke this to me and I'm like, ah, I don't get it, but now I get it as I get older. It's, it's just getting away from everything. Your phones aren't going to work out here. Nothing else in the world matters. Everything out, like when you go hunting, everything stands still. Everything was the same back in 1875 that it is in 2023. You know what I'm saying? And there's there's something humbling about that. And uh, I just think it's cool. Um, but I think I think that's it for this week. I think it was you know real fun, little insight on you know the pre the pre hunt you know, pre-hunt extravaganza or whatever I call this episode. Um, but going forward, yeah, we're going to, I might have some special stuff coming up, uh, for the rest of the month. And, 
there will be a hunting couple of hunting things uh, before we go. So look forward to those two. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at alexvallejos92. You can follow uh, the way we rank movies or the way I rank movies on my Letterboxd account. Uh, that is at alexv1021, alexv1021. Or you can follow the podcast on Instagram at shufflebox_podcast. And then, um, once again, guys, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, too. Um, well, thank you for indulging me this week, folks. It was a real fun episode for me. I had a lot of fun. Um, and I hope to catch you next week. Have a have a safe week, and we'll talk to you next time. So long and good night, folks. That's what's happening with the Big Dog and Shufflebox. And as the Rogue Man says, now here's what's happening in your neck of the woods.